Welcome to the Raise Podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We're here to raise your confidence and inspire your creativity. Each episode, we will have a different guest who will be discussing our Raise Word. The Raise Word is a word that will encourage you or empower you and at times inspire you to explore the word a little more for yourself. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Raise podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We've looked at lots of different words. We've looked at hope. We've looked at the word brave. And today we are simply going to look at the word talk. And my guest is an interesting one because for all intents and purposes, not many of you will know Lucy Kate, but I just think everybody needs to, which is why she's my podcast today. So Lucy, I'll let you tell people a little bit about yourself, but good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. So uh, Lucy Kate, it's quite exciting because um, we're going to talk about the word talk. I think that I've known you for maybe about a year now. Yeah. And I think I'm right in saying we've never actually talked. Is this correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've known you for a year, but we've never talked to each other. No, the not properly. No. <laughs> the wonder <laughs> of Facebook. So we're going to yeah. talk all about the word talk. And I think um, from knowing you well, both you and I are going to have lots to talk about. But yeah. before we really get into it, what does the word talk mean to you um I think it means just having a voice and being able to express what you need to um I was with my niece the other day and she talks a lot and she says a lot as well as just um uh, but then I realized that talking also means you have to listen a lot yeah and that's that's to me what is most important about talking is listening or that the other person um understands what you're saying yeah yeah, I love that. I love that you said she talks a lot. And then you said she says a lot. Yes. Because there are an awful lot of people in this world that talk a lot. Yeah. They really don't say much at all no. without getting into it. I think there are some people fairly high up in society at the moment that talk oh, a lot yes. and are really saying nothing that we want to hear right yes. now. <laughs> I, um, I agree. <laughs> so, um, Tell me a little bit about how you have used talking in your in your daily life. Now, I know, listeners, this probably sounds nuts because we all talk. But the point of this particular podcast is it's World Mental Health Day on Monday. And I'm here to tell you, we just don't talk enough. Or we don't maybe say enough. So no. how does talking kind of help you in your day to day? life Lucy uh, if you ask my partner he would tell you I talk too much <laughs> but um I talk a lot to myself not in a crazy yeah. way but yeah. just in a, um I remind myself of what I need to do today but also I talk to myself in the mirror which sounds bonkers but every morning I say good morning to myself in the mirror yeah. as I would if I was my friend <laughs> um because I learned a few years ago, I wasn't talking and um, things just got a bit on top of me. And uh, it, well, I wouldn't say it went as far as a breakdown, but I did have to have time off the work I was doing 
um, and I was very poorly because mm. I just wasn't letting people know that. So there was um, a diagnosis of something in the family, plus we were being evicted from our uh, rented property, plus there was a couple of other things. And at work, I was just carrying on every day. Da, da, da. Then one day, I couldn't carry on anymore. Um, and I was working with teenagers, and actually it was them that went and told somebody, Miss Newland needs to talk to somebody, and she needs help right now. <laughs> um, wow. Which was quite an eye-opener there. Um, yeah, for, for a grumpy teenage lad, because I worked with the naughty ones, so the ones that weren't going to listen to it, for, for them to notice me, um actually meant the world yeah. but it made me that's when I realized I need to talk about what's going on um because people need to support me not necessarily help me but need to support me because I can't do it all on my own yeah and that's when I really realized the value of talking yeah how much of what you said to those um those challenging children and those ones that kind of d deal with life in a very different way to maybe people think they should deal with life how yeah. much of what you said to them do you think then made them realize that you needed the support yourself um I think a lot of it um that's quite a hard question um, <laughs> I think a lot of the time I was one of the only people that was listening to them we yeah. had timetabled mentoring sessions and whatever but I had 20 minutes with them where they could just talk about whatever. I wasn't a counsellor or there was no mental yeah. health particular needs there. But there was 20 minutes with the naughtiest kids where they could just come and offload. Quite often going, oh, I hate that teacher. Da, da, da. And what we'd do is go, well, why do you hate that teacher? Yeah. Well, because they gave me a detention because I didn't do my homework. <laughs> and so you'd get to the root of actually, you haven't done your homework, so they were fair. Um, and... I know that a lot of them then put that into their, a lot of them turned it around in year 11 because they were re-looking really at how things were. Actually, it wasn't always the teacher's fault. Yeah, the teacher had given them detention or whatever, but actually it was something that they'd done that resulted in a consequence. Consequence, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think um, them realising I wasn't okay um, was because maybe I wasn't listening that's what I put it down to, that I was there, but I wasn't listening as I had done before. And so that's when they realised that I needed needed someone. Right, okay. Yeah. So you must have been a great listener for them to realise that, because I've done a lot of work with challenging pupils as well, and particularly boys, and um, yeah. they often don't notice a lot, or you feel no. like they yeah. don't notice a lot. Yeah. And teachers often presume that they don't notice a lot yeah so for for them to really notice you notice your behavior changing says yeah. a lot about what what you were doing in their lives and from um the the things that I've seen on your shared memories of Facebook yeah. and the way that those I don't know if it was those lads but um, lads that you've worked lads, with particularly yeah. will see what bus stops and things like that and yeah. talk about each other yeah uh, talk to each other about you but in a yeah. very positive way yeah. you've had a big impact on people through your talking yeah I without sounding arrogant I think I have because yeah. sometimes I'm the only person that's listening not because people don't want to but yeah. because people are busy and it was my job solely to listen to them and look to ways forward um 
<laughs> which meant that when I started, I started there in 2016, 2015, mm-hmm. and then I was made redundant from there in 2019, which I'll come back to in a minute. But um, yeah. I started off with a small caseload of people. I was helping them go to college, apply for college and things like that. Then by when I left, it somehow became my job to work with all of year 11 to at least give them some kind of guidance. Um, my caseload would be the ones that were referred to me by head of year, so the, the naughty ones or the disengaged ones. Mm. But actually, I quite often had kids pop in. Um, and one memory of that um, is Aidan in Coronation Street. Um, he took his life on an episode. Yeah. And I completely cleared my calendar the next day. And I let um, the SLT, the senior leadership team, know mm. I was clearing my calendar. I wasn't seeing any of the kids I'd have meant to see. But there was an open invitation for anybody to uh, come and sit and talk. Mm. Um, didn't have to be about Aiden yeah. um, from Coronation Street. Just that that day was simply for talking and me listening. Um, and various members of SLT said it would be a waste of a day. And, you know, um, it's a nice idea, but it won't come to anything. And actually, you'd be better doing this kind of thing and stick yeah. to your actual job kind of and I know what's coming next yeah go on <laughs> I had 12 kids I think it was from yeah. all over the school from year 7 to year 12 and 13 yeah, yeah. and uh, five teachers five staff oh, just <laughs> this is really making me well up yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I find it quite hard to say that um, yeah. without welling up because yeah. actually I was I didn't do anything there I'm not qualified counsellor I just made a space where talking was allowed <laughs> and um someone one of the year eight lads came and said my mum has tried to hurt herself but I made her talk to someone that uh, said so it was after he'd spoken to me um my mum tried to hurt herself but I made her get help because I came to talk to you and I never think I'm anything special I'm not like I said I'm not a mental health professional anything like that I'm just a person who makes time for other people and um, making that day for everyone will always be one of my most valued um, days in my professional life. Absolutely, I'll always say that. I've got big achievements, but that's the day professionally that I'll always be immensely proud of. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I asked you to do this podcast and one of the first things you said was, I'm not an expert. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think you realise how much an expert you are, really. The number of people that, uh, lives that you touch just by being Lucy Kate and just flipping getting on with it. Thank you. (laughs) Is is immense. And actually, if mental health isn't about normal everyday people saying, I need to talk or I need to listen, we're screwed, to be quite honest yeah that is what mental health is about it's yeah, either absolutely. I need to talk or I need to listen yeah. and if we can do that um and um you know those those listening you know we always set a challenge and it's it's simply that if you need to talk to someone um then identify somebody that you trust and go and talk to them yeah. and if you know that you need to listen to someone regardless of how much responsibility it might give you how it might mean you can't watch your yeah. favorite television program you you get on with it you, you yeah. listen to someone yeah okay so you said you were going to circle back a little bit to um the redundancy side of it oh, yeah. 
Did you want to revisit that? Yeah. So I, the school made um, some structural changes and every member of support staff was being, was having a meeting to discuss um, their future within the school. So can um, I clarify, were you like a yes. learning mentor? What, what, oh yes, so my what actual role? title was student support officer. Okay, great. <laughs> which were covered the learning mentor side, but also the careers advice. There was sure. two completely separate roles that sort of came together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was so confident they needed someone like me in school. Um, I, I met with, so we were allowed... Um, up to two hours before our meeting to meet with unions and stuff like that and create a portfolio of what we wanted to say. And mm. I didn't do that because um, I was so sure Year 11 needed someone like me to be there. Um, and so I met with kids right up until my meeting time. In fact, I was late for my meeting because I was meeting with the naughty kids and that. Mm. Um, and then... I sat through the meeting. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You're just going to tell me my job's safe. It's fine. And then they said the words, and the student support officer is deemed no longer valid. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. that was, yeah, that that um, my job of just talking to Year 11, because so they, they'd met with the governors and someone else had been involved, an independent person, who'd said there wasn't any need for me because the school was hiring actual counsellors who were paid a lot more than me yeah. to work with kids. And that's fine, but I don't think they ever just took on that some kids would just drop in one, once and just yeah. say, oh, miss, I'm really struggling with revision. And then we'd spend 10 minutes just putting things in order and then they'd go, thanks, miss. And that, that's it. But I don't think they ever realised the power of talking, which is why I've mentioned it, yeah. that... Um, and that's all All some people saw it as was just Miss Newland was talking to years 10 and 11, which ultimately it was. Yeah. But deep deep down, it was so much more than that. Um, and so I was made redundant because the heads of year could, um, or heads of year and form tutors could talk to the kids. But they've got 30 kids. One form tutor has 30 children to yeah. deal with all the time. Yeah. Um, and so... That that hurt a lot more yeah. than some of the other things. I've been through fair things in my life, but that redundancy took me a long time to go because that was like a, a grief in itself, yeah. like a bereavement yeah. that um, this thing that was so important to me was now not, not there anymore because someone else had decided that talking and listening wasn't important. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and part of it was that my... The original job description from when I first started didn't match the work I was doing. And because I hadn't talked up to say, spoke up to say my job descriptions needed changing, um, they had to go by what was on paper. So I learned a lot there about standing up for yourself and actually saying, Interesting. This is, this is what I do. Yeah. Have a look, come and listen to me talking about what I actually do because what this says on paper is not what I do anymore and it's evolved because the kids have been talking to each other come and see Miss Newland she's all right <laughs> kind of thing um, and then it evolved over the four years I was there from working with some to meeting with every year 11 at least once just to discuss career advice and then taking it on from there if they needed further mentoring or whatever yeah, yeah. um yeah I think um I think that's why 
interviewing for a job is so important because what you write on paper when you've got hours and hours and hours to hone it and work through it send it to a load of people big yourself up you know if you're on the apprentice pop in a few extra possible things that might not be true um yeah yeah. (laughs) and then the interview where you're talking is the yeah. bit where they really get to know you and they get to kind of ratify, right? Okay, yeah, they said that on paper and they've said it kind of out loud. Because, yeah. you know, unless you learn it word for word, talking is kind of the real you, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what I hear you saying, that you really learned something because yeah. although you knew it was important, you didn't say what they needed you to hear, I guess. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's and really were, hard. Yeah. And I spent time with one of the deputy heads and I sat with him for ages, what felt like ages. And he just said, this is all great because I did a big thing. of This is what my job actually is. This is some witness testimonies from some of the kids, some of the staff who say that by working with some of the naughty lads, I've got them through to attending revision classes, things like that. And he said, it's just too late. And he was so lovely and he was saying how it's all perfectly valid, and but it, it's just too late to say it now so now I say things when they need saying which sometimes gets me into bother but <laughs> I'd rather that than it, it be too late to say something and end up in the same sort of situation yeah and I think what's amazing is uh for all intents and purposes when they they didn't try to shut your voice down but that's kind of what happened yeah it didn't it didn't stop your voice from being heard no at a later time maybe in a different way maybe with some experience some life experience we all have those horrendous times where you learn through life experience um, and wisdom attached to it which only makes your voice stronger and more powerful I think yeah but difficult yeah really really um yeah, hard times. Um, tell me a time when talking has really given you a lot of joy, because I I see you as such a real person, um, yeah. and you're not Miss Positivity the whole time, but you are Miss. If I'm not positive, this is how I'm going to become positive. And I think yeah. that's an even stronger message. So tell yeah. me a time when talking really gives you joy. Um, so I worked <laughs> during um, the pandemic. Um, I worked at a homeless hostel in London for women, which meant that I was <clears throat> traveling in on public transport during the height of lockdown to go and be with women who had mental health issues anyway but then were trapped in or they saw themselves as trapped in their bedrooms couldn't leave this tiny little where they were I mean they were small because it was just a temporary measure but so these ladies were trapped in this tiny room with no thoughts other than their own and I really loved talking to those ladies really loved it they'd just come down for company they'd just come down with their cup of tea to reception or whatever um and we had a donations fridge and they just they didn't really want anything they just come down because it was so lonely at, for everyone during yeah. the lockdown and talking just about the day or what happened on neighbors the night before whatever just anything to brought me such joy because I knew it was bringing them 
just a little bit of um, community when yeah. they couldn't have it elsewhere. And um, walking home I, or on the trains, I often talk to people who are homeless. Um, oh, um, one of the best times that brought me joy was not so much talking, but singing on the train. Um, just after Dame Vera Lynn had passed away, yeah. there was a gentleman who was homeless. And he sat with me on the train. And I'd just done the evening shift, so it was about half past nine, maybe. And he said, oh, we were meant to sing We'll Meet Again, weren't we, at nine o'clock? Everyone was meant to do it, and I forgot. I was like, well, let's do it now, then. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we sang it. <laughs> and then he started swearing. And I was like, I'm not going to sing or talk to you ever again if you're going to swear at me like that. And it wasn't at me. It was just that um, the line keeps smiling through. He said, that's, that's all I've got. I've literally got a smile to keep me through the day. And I said, well, that's all you need sometimes. If you've got that smile, that smile can give someone else joy. Um, and hopefully they'll see that you need some support and just through talking will give you um, a smile as well. And then he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Can we start the song again? So we just... <laughs> <laughs> That I is brilliant. And <laughs> um, the moments like that really give me joy when they're unexpected conversations. Again, I just want to pick up on that because yeah. you say it like it's all very normal. Okay. Several people, if if a homeless person came to sit next to them, wouldn't know what to do and would yeah. probably move. Um, okay. The yeah. fact that you're then talking to them and then singing with them and then when he started swearing, and that was something that, um, you know, you didn't like for, for yeah. obvious reasons, particularly if it felt a little bit intimidating, you then continued to talk to him. At that yeah. point, you know, there are several different things that you could have done. You could have lamped him. You could have <laughs> phoned the police. You could have just walked off. Uh, and you stopped singing, talked to him, explained that you didn't like the swearing, probably gave him hope for the next 10 years and then sang again that is not to be underestimated in any way yeah it's not what normal life dictates that we do but oh my goodness it's what we should do yeah so I I describe it that I live in a Disney world where <laughs> I, I'm cheerful I sing I talk to the birds and the bees and everything and I know that nobody that's not normal for people to do that. I know that I'm often considered a bit of a weirdo on the trains and stuff when I sing along to my music and whatever. But that's what makes me happy because I I know that I will be I've been to the depths of depression and I don't want to go back there. I hope that Lucy Kate is having as much impact on you as she is on me. Impact. Now that's a good word. Episode 10, Season 1 of The Race Podcast. And if you enjoyed the one on impact or you're enjoying this one on The Word Talk, then please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast. Back to the episode. There's so many things I could pick up on there. I think the Disney lifestyle, talking <laughs> as somebody who whose spirit animal is Giselle from Enchanted. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when I went to New York, I had to find the bridge in Central Park and spin around on it and sing because 
of course. Yeah. Have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, that particular character, Giselle, where she, it's not that she doesn't see the bad. Mm. She just cannot comprehend how love can't conquer all. Yes. And, and why not? Why yeah. not? Um, you know, why, why can't we be those people that say, well, let's give, you know, let's give it a try. And I think talking is, well, I mean, it's very basic form. It's just communication, yeah. isn't it? If, yeah. if I don't say anything to you, then, you know, that's one less connection. And as I said, right at the top of this podcast, I don't think we've actually ever talked to each other. Mm. However, we have been Facebook friends for a year. Yeah. I'm very yeah. much involved in bits of each other's lives. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely made me a better person for it. And I know other people that have felt the same. And I think I connected with you initially when uh, you joined the lockdown um, church, Castleford yeah. Church. Yeah. I think that was where I first kind of met you. And you were saying earlier on about... Um, just talking about kind of mundane things like television and things like that. And I often talk about things like that. And I think people think um, kind of that's all I do. And let's be honest, while I'm not well, that is often what I do. However, it gives a way in, doesn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. A, it's a really easy way. Of, I, I used to do that all the time with young my, my young people. If they weren't talking to me, I'd just say, who's going to win X Factor? And immediately you either get, oh, I don't watch it, or, yeah. oh, it's going to be, you know, yeah. Sam Bailey. Oh, gosh, that's a retro reference anyway. Um, or, <laughs> <laughs> But you immediately, it's something, isn't it? It's like an yeah. anchor. Yes. Um, do you find that when you're talking? Yeah, so I find office chit chat really hard, mm. but I don't know why, because I can start a conversation with like a homeless person on the train, but I find office banter and because I don't like to give away too much of myself because I've been hurt a lot by people. So I'm more interested. I'll talk to about anyone else's life, but I don't tend to talk about mine. What's on Facebook is open, but if it's not on there, tend, I tend not to talk about things. Yeah. Um, so I like to talk about the boring stuff of um, television or did you see Casualty last night or whatever. Um, and that's the way I connect with people at the office um, because I find just ordinary, like hairdressers, I really find the hairdressers really hard when they say, so are you going on holiday this time? And I go, no. <laughs> and, <they're> like, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I try and follow it up with, are you going on holiday oh yeah and then we then we get it but I find the initial talking bit really hard when it's someone asking me a question um so yeah I like just talking about the ordinary stuff um as a way of getting to know people yeah it's it's an interesting anchor isn't it I'm a bit disappointed though Lucy Kate because if you're really into Disney and imagination you could have come up with an amazing story of a holiday oh, yeah. going on yeah, yeah. So there's a challenge for you. Next time you're at yeah. the hairdressers and they say you're going on holiday, say, well, yes, I'm going to the moon. Yes. <laughs> Just see what happens. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that we uh, connected in the deepest way, I think, for me, was um, a character who seems to have been uh, sadly quite prevalent in your life and in mine. Um, although I didn't realize 
that there was a character quite like it and it's brilliant and that's anxiety girl can yeah. you tell me uh, well and uh, uh, people listening about anxiety girl so anxiety girl was born i guess um when i was in my third year at university and my my dad was diagnosed with an illness so, sorry that in the second year then in the third year my dad um passed away mm. and i could not cope with the so you my third year at university this was the last year they were running my course i could either give up and start a new course or i could soldier through and get the degree that i wanted to do because the other course was not i was doing um, music and arts education and the other course was uh, world music and popular culture so it wasn't the same course i'd have yeah, to yeah, redo yeah. everything from the first and um anxiety girl sort of came about as a conversation with one of my friends of because i we had to do a presentation mine was going to be on dusty springfield if i remember right mm-hmm. and i said i've done all this work but I, I can't stand up in front of the people and he's like well you're doing a music degree of course you can stand up if you can sing in front of these people you can talk about dusty springfield i was like i can't I've, i don't know what's happening but i can't do it um which is silly because i had done it all the times before it was just this one and it was about four months after dad had died um and it wasn't even a big didn't wasn't um there wasn't a lot of marks related to it or anything but i had to do it in order to pass the module but there yeah. wasn't um it it, it wasn't going to pass or fail my degree or anything yeah, like yeah. that it wasn't just dis- dis- dissertation level or anything like that um and he said my my friend said so you're going to let anxiety take over are you well I don't know that that's what this is this is just my dad has died and I can't do this presentation I don't know what the two what the link between the two is so I went to the doctor and then they did diagnose this clinical anxiety which has always been there Hmm. since then um and anxiety girl has sort of grown into a character that I I fight with if you if this probably the best way of putting it um You've characterised um, her, haven't you? But yeah, it's useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's useful because then I can say, right, Anxiety Girl is not going to win this. Or mm. sometimes it's the other way around. Of, so Anxiety Girl beat me on this time. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to, how am I going to solve this the next time? And I talk out loud to her, <laughs> which is a bit mad. But it, that came about during the lockdown, um, especially during a snowy day actually I'd gone into London and it wasn't snowing I'd come back and everything was icy and snowy so I'd gone into London during lockdown which is an anxious time anyway Mm. um I think the lockdown gave everybody a different sort of anxiety because we all felt everyone else had it better so I was traveling in all the time um and I was uh, not jealous but the people who got to stay at home had it had it better than me they were saying well you're lucky to keep working because we're bored and we can't do anything at home so everybody had different types of anxiety during the lockdown Mm. um and nobody knew how to support each other I think would be fair everybody was coping with their own things yeah trying to support each other but not really knowing how to do it I think they wanted to didn't they but everybody just had you know a global pandemic yeah yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah um and I'd gone into London and uh, it was snowing whilst I was there. So I was worried about getting home in the first place. And then I got off the train, everything was fine. 
But then <laughs> um, I live uphill from the train station and it was icy and snowy. Oh and uh, it's normally a 15 minute walk, but it took, it took an hour. And I text Mark and I said, I'm on my way. I'll be there when I'm there. And um, <laughs> I walked up the hill and I kept telling myself right out loud, we're going to get to that next lamppost. That's what you and me are going to do. We're going to get to that lamppost. Yeah, yeah. We'd get to that lamppost. <laughs> there was one lamppost that got a bit skiddy, so I gave it a really big hug. The <laughs> 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 lamppost in the street because I'm glad I got there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and then, then I'm like, right. So we've got made it to the first lamppost. Well done, us. Um, yep, yeah, you and me, we've got this. Not me and anxiety girl, but me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You and me, you. Me and me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, <laughs> now, now we're going to walk up to the church. We made it to the church and then we said a little prayer. Thank you, God. Because the church to me is halfway there yeah, yeah. Um, f- physically, but also spiritually. If I got yeah. to the church, I've got halfway there. I can make it up the other halfway. Yeah. yeah. So all the way I was talking to myself. But by doing that, Anxiety Girl had no chance of coming in because I was in control. I was saying what was going to happen here. Um, she was there was a little bit of oh you might slip and fall over and break your leg and then who how are you going to sort that out but it's like no we're going to do this in little steps so I'm going to get to that lamppost I'm going to get to the church I'm going to get to that house and then I'm going to get to my house um and there was a couple behind me who were just laughing but cheering me on at the same time yeah yeah, you go girl (laughs) kind of thing um and I, I knew I was holding them up but they were really supportive just saying you, and I know it sounds silly to say, yeah, get to that lamppost. Yeah, yeah. But that that was like it was like a relay of that was the first point I needed to get to. Yeah. Then the next point, um, and they, it was weird because I knew that if I slipped, they were behind me, and it wasn't like anxiety girl was sort of saying, well, you're going to hurt them if you fall over, aren't you? That that'll be your fault if they fall over because you've fallen over. But what I actually meant was, they're there they can support you if you do fall there is someone there to catch you and then the next bit was fine and that's when I started talking out loud to anxiety girl and um it really helped and um telling people about anxiety girl really helped um because people wanted to help me when I was most anxious my friends I mean yeah and so I've got (laughs) got some cuddly pigs which um my friends have crocheted for me and I just squeeze that one's in my one coat and one's in the other coat. And I just squeeze them. If I'm feeling anxious, I've got this little pig. Sounds very silly, but um, I've got this little pig that I squeeze and I know that my friends are supporting me and I'm going to be okay and I can overcome this anxiety most of the time. It doesn't always work, but most of the time it does. But um, yeah. by telling people and talking about the fact that she exists really helps, helps me because I didn't have to go through it on my own. And also then you get, oh, I've got really bad anxiety as well. I understand how you're feeling. And I thought, because one of the problems I found with anxiety is it's so irrational that you think nobody else could ever understand what you're going through because yeah. you're scared of the silliest of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We so don't want it, to give anxiety girl superpowers, but if she was to have one, one of them would be that lie, wouldn't it? That actually yeah. no one else is going through it don't yeah. you know yeah. don't tell anyone else about it because they're going to think that you know exactly something wrong with you yeah. um yeah there's a uh, a group called um girls mean business run by a lady called claire mitchell and she talks about mind monkeys oh, okay. and i had a very exciting 
time when I discovered that you could destroy the mind monkeys by using your gifts and skills. So if it was, if it, if the mind monkeys were saying that you couldn't, you know, I couldn't run my business, I wasn't going to make any money. I would sing a song to the mind monkeys Ah. about the fact that I was going to be able to do it. Um, So it's kind of turning it around, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 yeah, I just want, um, just for of like five seconds or something, people mm. listening, I want you to um, think about something, maybe count to 10, and then I want you to do it again, and I want you to say the alphabet up to H, oh. all right? So uh, we won't, we, we'll do it, Lucy, but we'll do it okay. in, our, in our head. So we'll count yeah. up to 10, and then we'll do it again, and we'll say the alphabet up, up to H, okay? So count to 10 in your head. And now we're going to do it again, but we're going to say the alphabet out loud up to eight. Okay. A, A, B, C, D, D, E, E, F, G, G, H. Ah. How easy was it to hear the numbers in your head, I wonder? Oh, no, that was Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't do both, can you? So talking... When you talk to anxiety girl, the thoughts, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to just, I don't want to over-spiritualize it at all, but uh, in the Christian faith, we talk about confession. And it really hit me so powerfully one day, like years and years ago, I was probably quite young, that all confession is, is talking. Mm-hmm. And all it is, is telling somebody out loud yeah. that you're struggling with something or, or you're doing something wrong, not just somebody god god and and it doesn't make it go away but it suddenly kind of makes it takes its power away and that's what's happening with anxiety girl that's what happens when you listen to those young people and you say to them i'm listening it's taking that kind of power away and i think we underestimate how much power talking has and i did just want to touch back Mm -hmm. without um being at all critical but on words because we're talking about the young boys and yeah you used the word naughty yeah. and there was another yeah. word that you used a silly you said you were oh, silly. yeah and I want the power of words is so important and again just challenging those people listening and ourselves to think about the words that we kind of say out loud because we know that those young boys aren't naughty or or I could do another podcast on that tell me if you want to come and do a podcast on the word naughty please I'd be fascinated um (laughs) are so powerful aren't they the words that we say to ourselves um and again that's speaking out loud what do you what coming from the kind of um youth work side of it and the work that you're doing with homeless people and and now how does that sit with you um I do agree they were not naughty lads um so I mean they had done some naughty things yeah 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 yeah, some of them had done some really bad things bad but things, mostly yeah. they were just mm, teenagers yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 and um a lot of them didn't have um people at home that were listening yeah um some of them didn't have people at home full stop because parents were working yeah. all the time so they just weren't getting any attention um others uh there was some abusive history with some of the boys 
and, and girls, but ma- it was mainly boys that I worked with in terms of the mentoring. Um, and I, I find I use them, the word naughty a lot to say I use with the naughty boys because then people understand, I'll go, oh, yeah, that's those type yeah, of boys. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel that way. Yeah. I never did. Um, in fact, I <laughs> would go ahead. Well, there was um, one lad that was accused of doing something, but he couldn't have done it because he was meeting me at the time. And so uh, I told the deputy head this on the piazza. So that was the, bit, the courtyard bit. Um, and he's like, well, he, him, he's going to be suspended for it. I was like, he's not. You are not suspending <laughs> this boy because he was with me. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, in front of everybody, there's this confidence that just came out because this boy was being accused of something he hadn't done. Yeah. Um, but he had done a, lo- a lot of things similar. So it was not, uh, it was understandable that he'd been yeah. accused of it. <laughs> but yeah. I just wasn't allowing him to be in trouble for this particular one. Yeah. Um, and that I sort of um, got a reputation, that's not the right thing, but um, people knew that if these kids needed someone to talk for them, to be an advocate, that I yeah. would be. Um, and, and heads of year, sometimes their eyes would roll if I went in the office, oh, <laughs> what's she going to say now? Um, <laughs> but sometimes it was just to be like, oh, who's on duty this afternoon? <laughs> I thought we were going to have some drama. She just wants yeah. to know like, when the biscuits yeah. are coming out. <laughs> yeah. Quite often it would be that I was going in to say, well, this lad has got this going on at home. Um, not not saying that excuses the behaviour at all, ever, but this is going on at home. You maybe need to understand that's why he's doing this. That's the advocacy, um, isn't it? And the And the listening. What did the boys say about themselves? Did they ever label themselves anything? um yeah some of the tougher lads um didn't think they could be educated they were past the point of people caring which was always very sad to hear because the head of year wouldn't have referred them to me if they at least didn't care it wasn't just a formality of oh they can go and work with Miss Newland there was a whole process of referring to me so someone obviously cared enough to notice that there was something worth saving in them yeah but a lot of them, it would start off with, I don't know why you're bothering with me, I'm worthless. And I would, yeah, that's mm. how we started with, well, you're not, because you're here. Yeah. Your teachers could have ignored that and just let you be excluded, but they haven't. Yeah. So you're not worthless because someone is putting in the effort for you. And then we turn it back that they needed to put in some effort as well. And yeah, yeah. not can in the you, first time, obviously. But, yeah. Can you but, tell us a success story of one of your one of your lads? I can. Um, there was a lad, he was um, involved in county lines with drugs. Right. His family were. Yeah. Um, and then I worked a lot of hours with him and with his family. I helped his dad. Um, I worked with his dad after hours to get him a successful CV and he, his dad um applied to be a carpenter and we got his dad a job that way then the lad himself went to um college then they the family disappeared for a little while and everyone was a bit worried about it but what had happened was the dad had taken them away because they were being hassled by the drug uh, the dealers and stuff and he'd Mm. just taken them away moved them house 
got them settled somewhere else and now that he's back at college he told me all this in Asda <laughs> I bumped into him a few months ago and he's like oh miss this is what happened but the success there is that they um they they didn't go back to that lifestyle which could have been easy it was and no doubt good money and you know there would have been a safety element if they'd have gone along with it if you know what I mean they would have been safer yeah. going along with it than um, going against it but what they did was as a family they'd listened to how I'd worked with them and some of the things I'd said um the dad kept his carpentry job but he explained to his boss what was going on which was amazing for mm. this man I mean he 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 was a convicted criminal I won't go into what happened but he'd yeah. done some quite um horrible stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah um so in order to work with him and stay after school with him whatever there was a whole risk assessment just on the dad and whether I was safe and that um and the deputy head worked with me on that um the one that I challenged in the piazza actually because <laughs> he's like well if anyone's gonna sort this family out Miss New if Miss Ewan's gonna give it a go kind of wow. thing yeah um yeah so um when I was talking to the lad and he was with his friends so I didn't know them they were from a different school and he was quite proudly telling them how, oh, we listened to what Miss Newland said. We've done what Miss Newland would have done. I was like, what's that? And he went, well, we went away. We told people what was happening. We spoke up about what was happening. We went away, moved house. Told oh, I'm going to get emotional like, again, yeah. Lucy Kate. This is yeah. twice. <laughs> um, but he was so proud of that with the, with the boys that he wasn't afraid to tell them this story that, yeah, things were rubbish. Yeah. Miss Williams helped us get out of the rubbish and then the family had the confidence to stay I mean it wasn't easy for them by any means they as I said it would have been easier probably to have gone back to the criminal life yeah than it would have been to be honest yeah. with people yeah, and yeah. say we need your help so he's one of my biggest success stories um yeah just because I worked he was lovely um, anyway, but working with his family really made the difference there, I think. Because yeah. it's not just about um, one person. It's never just about one person, I don't think. It's about the connecting people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder how much you talking to them then makes them go back and think, actually, the expectation is that A, I should be listened to, but B, I should be listening to yeah. other people I love that he met you in Asda because um, yeah. again I just think about some young people and if they see a teacher in Asda they are out of there yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and we won't say anything about the young people that meet their teachers in nightclubs by accident oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um the fact that he came over to you I love that they all still call you miss I think oh, yeah. that's just brilliant um <laughs> And uh, right, well, I think it's safe to say I could talk to you for hours. Uh, this podcast could probably go on no. for at least another couple of hours. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, we do need to bring it to a close. So we get to the point of the podcast where I get to talk just that little bit more. Yeah. And I make you a poem. Oh, thank you. And I'm quite nervous. I'm trying to think of words that rhyme with talk. <laughs> but we'll see how we go. So just give me a couple of seconds. <clears throat> words are like steps. 
But if you keep them inside and you don't speak them out and you just let them hide, then the slopes that you face and the hills that you climb become slippery, scary and out of line. And if you don't want Anxiety Girl to take you by the hand and cause you in a whirl, then you need to be strong and you need to speak out. And sometimes you whisper and sometimes you'll shout, but you just need to talk and just be aware that when you feel alone, there are others there and they may be behind you and they may be in front and they may be the ones you like and sometimes the ones you don't want, but you talk about anything and you just connect and you'll find that those words bring love and respect. And when you're in Asda, just getting your shopping, you suddenly see somebody else that just pops in and thanks you for all that you did in their lives, just by listening and being alive. There you go. Thank you. That was that was very personal. Sometimes they're not so personal, but I could really see that. And uh, yeah, thank you for being an, an expert in talking and listening to normal everyday people as a normal everyday person. You are the people that make the world go round. And before I start crying for the third time in the podcast, <laughs> I'm going to say thank you so much. And to the listeners, if you need to talk to somebody, get talking. And if you need to listen to somebody, get listening. And let's really help each other to keep walking up that slippery slope together. Cheers, Lucy, Kate. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Raised Podcast. We hope you feel raised and inspired by this episode. Whilst we're not offering face-to-face classes currently, we are doing online singing lessons where you can have your voice raised as well as your confidence. If you would like to find out more, please visit our website at www.raiseforall.com or find us on social media on either our Facebook or Instagram page. Take care.